dances around directly answering a question. No co-host tonight, running it solo, which uh, some people like. They say I'm a little more focused, which is kind of hard to believe. You know, we dissected the whole show. We talked about how I could make it better, and I refused. They're shaped like action figure hands that are supposed to hold on to things. Mine hold on to uh, grips and uh, beers, as you'll notice. It's just, it's it's magical. Mark, that's insider information. I'm ne- I never give away my fishing spots, even though I don't I don't fish. Live from Pahrump, Nevada, the Valley of the Dirt People, it's Tech Talk Taco Tuesday with your host, Jimmy Lewis. <laughs> Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, show number 218. I think this is, I think some things are working. I'm not really sure because I have a lots of red going on on the screen, which is so typical of uh, what we have going on here. But uh, anyways, I'll try to find out whether we have sound and some other things. I shut down a lot of stuff in my browser so that we wouldn't have these kinds of uh, issues. But this is normal on the show. It's a live show. We come to you live every Tuesday night. That's why we call it Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, for instance, even though we have done it on Wednesday. And I almost did it last night on Monday just because I thought I was ready, but I'm not, as you can see by what we have going on here. Studio, no co-host tonight, running it solo, which uh, some people like. They say I'm a little more focused, which is kind of hard to believe uh, because (laughs) a lot of stuff going on here, a lot of buttons to push. A lot of things to see. I know that uh, when I'm doing this, we have the chat running, and the chat usually tells me what's going on. And I guess we have audio, which is really awesome. (laughs) So uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, The sponsors of our show, as usual, as always, well, they're they're still current. Um, Yamaha, Taco Moto. Tonight we will, uh, I'm going to lose half the viewers right now because we will not be having Rooster Endo because you did not send me Rooster Endo submissions. I think I got one. And since Mark Daniels here, uh, tonight I'm going to have Ragosa because it's uh, what's in front of my hand. I have a, I have an email about how this show doesn't get to the point and maybe I do a little too much drinking. Uh, we'll get to that later. It's important to, to answer all of the questions, even if they are uh, just ideas on how to make this good. Uh, and Countershock says, it looks like you and sounds good. Countershock's uh, in the house, the makers of an inertial damping device that I find very satisfying on uh, the motorcycles I've tested on. I would love to get it on my Tenere, but it involves cutting and hacking uh, into my fork guards and or and or fairing and i haven't done that yet so uh but anyways uh other sponsors scott sports check out these goggles nice i like the the day glow is in i saw cooper webb wearing that in the supercross uh last weekend climb of course i'm wearing some climb casuals actually i didn't even turn the heater on inside of the office today because i wanted to be nice and cozy i don't even want to take this thing off actually the heater's down in my house because I just like wearing my uh, awesome climb flannel. Uh, DDC, I'm going to do something uh, to let you know if you won the sprocket. If you are wondering if you won the sprocket or if you're in the chat and you uh, have 
sent in a message about the sprocket. You may be the sprocket winner because I'm going to start. I have I have the list of the names, and I'm just going to go and read off the names. And if you are one of those people and you pipe up in the chat, you win. And Mike Pearson said he did send a quad pick tonight. Um, yeah, I put a picture of the quad up in the uh, the thing to stir some interest. Everybody's telling me how to do things, and I just do things my way. It's my show. It's live, and I can do it however I want. I wasn't going to do this show because I actually thought that I was going to be someplace else tonight. Long story, not going to get into it. Uh, of course, there's Trail Tech. Man, I was running Trail Tech Voyagers in Baja. when That's where I was last week, by the way. I was in Baja, I believe. I, I don't know the exact title, but we'll just call me the Moto Jefe of the Nora Mexican 1000. So that is going to be... I, it, you know what? The thing that I'm most pissed off about is that I can't race the race. I'll get to ride it. I'll probably ride the course a few times. Uh, but... We got to do, I got turned loose on where I could allow the course to go. And so I was down in Baja last week and I have to, I'll spend another week, probably week and a half down there uh, doing the lower half of the course. And man, that is going to be some fun, awesome. It's like what I remember Baja being when I first went down there and was able to just ride on two track roads that you can't go off the side because the cactus will touch you, and there's little six-inch berms from the from the the ranchers and just the the locals kind of cruising through there. Oh man, what some we found some neat neat roads and sand washes like you couldn't believe and all this stuff. So enough about that. Um, I'll probably have there'll be more announcements about that later uh, on on other places. Fast company, but oh, back to the Trail Tech Voyager Pros. That's how I record all my track logs. I don't need them to see where to go, but that's how I recorded my track logs. And then and then we were able to use buddy tracking, which when it, it wasn't that dusty because we had some rain, but like when it was dusty, I don't have to wait in the turns. I just go and I leave a track log for my buddy Mike Shirley, Rally Navigator Mike Shirley. Shout out to the Rally Navigators. Because um, the Nora Mexico 1000 is a navigation rally. It's a 100% roadbook navigation rally. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were using the Trail Tech Voyager, and I was, of course, I was running Fast Company Flex Handlebars, and my wrists, after four days, barely hurt. They just hurt. <laughs> Anyways, I only had to take ibuprofen after the, the fourth day. It was the only time I had to put vitamin I in my system uh, for, my, for my wrists, and that was just because I was going to go drive for a long time after that. Of course, Boltproof Designs, makers of awesome protection products for your dirt bikes. Whether you are riding a KTM, a Gas Gas, or a Husky, they have all that stuff. They have stuff for Yamahas. They have stuff for Hondas, radiator guards that are super stout, uh, really good stuff. And, of course, Double Take Mirrors, who I still owe a video, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get it done, but I, I am going to learn how to use, I think I'm going to have Jat, Chat G, GTP do the rest of my work for me. In fact, I was thinking about just having chat gtp uh screen uh this whole i'm just gonna i'm gonna just record me talking and since the time sync between my lips by the way is it on how's the sync tonight because i i spent a lot of time working on things in this show and one of them was that there was a big time sync issue that i can kind of fix in the post-production but it's a pain in the ass but in the show i know there's a little bit of a lag 
and the video quality might be crap because I'm seeing some red things. But anyways, that's the news of the show. Those are the sponsors. Again, thanks to Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, DDC, Climb, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Bolt Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. Of course, you can always support Dirt Bike Test by clicking through our links on the website that take you either to Amazon or Rocky Mountain. We get a little chunk of that. It helps us out ever so slightly. And... Somebody's telling me not to quit my day job, whatever my day job is. What is my day job? <laughs> so, okay. I'm um, looking through the chats, and I'm seeing uh, Dan Parker. I'm going to get right to these questions. Do you have any experience with Molecule Motorsports Enduro Flag handguards? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, they are slightly thicker than the SXS X. XS brand. No, I've seen them on a few bikes. Uh, I don't have any personal experience, so I can't really comment on it. Sorry about that, Dan. Uh, generally, uh, I like to try stuff before I talk about it. Um, Baja must have been awesome last week. It was. Uh, has anyone seen the AJP PR7 Gold Edition? And it looks hella sweet. It says, get some. We have an AJP that I was supposed to pick up. No, I think I'm picking it up on Friday. It's, it's in California waiting for me. So um, And no, George did not want to uh, sit in with me. Uh, he decided he wanted to leave before I made things worse, which is completely normal. So, I mean, I could uh, I could have a co-host. I could just put me in the... Whoa, hold on a second here. I could put me over in the co-host seat. That That is the worst thing that you have to see all night, I'm sure. Uh, I just put my face up on the, uh, on the thing. But I'll show you one other thing. That, that is that you should know and this is the Tech Talk Taco t-shirts are currently being printed there was a little supply problem with some of the t-shirt sizes that's all being handled I should have them on Friday and I promise that I will send them out I'll start sending them out on early next week maybe even before the next show so I can just wash my hands of this whole merch stuff um, I don't think I, I have any extras I might have some extras coming I don't know we'll see what happens and yes I, I know that uh, if it's freezing just turn the picture off and listen to the audio because there's really nothing to good look at except for that hot tech talk taco Tuesday t-shirt okay um, lag in audio some bad video but not too bad thanks Chris uh, Chris real has a, had, had a question when he saw the picture of the quad and his question was, why are tire pressures important on an ATV? And the, the, I thought the real answer was because if you have varying tire pressures, it could cause the ATV to actually turn because they run low pressure to begin with. And so if you have like lower, and especially on an all-wheel drive one, they can, it can cause it to pull or turn. But someone smarter than me answered that question in the, uh, in the, in the post and they said you don't want the tire pressures too high because then when you ride, all your beer bounces out of your cooler and or um, milk crate that you're carrying it around in. So just so you know, that's that's what happens. And let's see. Timothy Whitehouse says, going to be 50 next year. And I was thinking about doing the 1,000 next year on my FE 450. Or do you think I should grab a 501? Uh, Timothy, those bikes, either of those bikes would be excellent. Uh, don't really think, you know, once you're on a, on a, on a bigger bike, I mean, 
like I know people that were racing KTM 350s down in Baja, which kind of eh, kind of surprised me. But I can see on the score courses where the trophy trucks and stuff run that are so beat up, I could actually see why maybe you would want a lighter bike because they're just so beat up. But I promise you, my course will have the minimum amount of hoop de doos. In fact, I'm just gonna tell you straight up. I have a whole bunch of stuff around San Felipe and not one hoop-de-doo. Zero. Mark my words. Um, okay. So Anthony Z says, how much difference in traction is there from the counterbalance KTM 300s compared to the TPIs? Difference in traction. So the KTM 300s have been counterbalanced for quite a while now. Uh, a few years before they went to TBI, or yeah, TPI. <coughs> so I'm going to say around 2017, I think they went to that new smaller motor. And the smaller motor, actually, the cases, actually, they that's when they started counterbalancing them. And I don't know that there's a big difference in, in traction. Um, cause I think that when they did that, they lightened up enough stuff. The motor actually became a little bit more peppy and is the very first time I rode a counterbalance bike was when they did the, um, the SX launch. So they, they presented the bike in it, in the SX and it had a, it, you know, it was kickstart. I think it was kickstart only, but it was counterbalanced. If I'm remembering correctly. And you just noticed there was so much less vibration. But as far as traction went, um, I don't know that there was a big, uh, big difference. So, but the, the traction went up when we went to TPI cause they really mellowed out the power delivery. So in that essence, um, traction went up, but I think the traction is more of a factor of the kind of the power delivery at that point than where it's going. So. And Anthony Z says, also, some people describe the smart part carb as a similar traction to TBI. This is the truth. Uh, for me, personally, I don't like the smart carb or the Electron. This is me. Because it is actually too smooth. And in the carb world, um, some of that, that throttle response, you know, it, it depends on how it's jetted. But even when we played around with the, the fueling on those, because you're kind of adjusting the needle... You could you could get it to be fueled improperly, but it seemed like it always it, it was always very smooth. It didn't get that snap that like when you sort of richen um, a, a regular carburetor. Sometimes you kind of richen them so they so they sort of bog and then snap so they don't because if you lean them they they really bog, and sometimes they never come back. But when you richen them, sometimes they they momentarily bog and then they and then they snap and. It gives it that, and I never could get that with the, and I don't know whether it was the Smart Carb or the Electron was the one I actually played with quite a bit. So that's the uh, the thing there. So, and Chris B said, I finally had a pin spring go out in my Voyager Pro Mount after four years. Are the pins on the new mount much better, or should I just try to get replacements? If you have the plastic mount, especially an older one, you absolutely will have that problem. Um, I know they've done some improvements in this. Uh, the the aluminum dock, the billet aluminum dock, is a little bit better. They they improved up there. But I'll tell you the one thing that I've found, because I've, I've had plenty of failures of the docks, and that's really the only failure I've had at the dock, 
is when you allow your unit to go dead and then and then you try to charge it up on the bike for some reason it just gets it just gets really hot if the power gets really low on the unit and then you try to charge but if you if it's really low and you charge it up in some place where it's it's sitting still like I charge them off of a 12 volt battery you know car battery that I have in my garage and um, and I just hook them up on a normal dock there and there's no problems but I think there's something to do with the movement and the contact of the pins when you're on a dirt bike and it can cause that that spring the charging you know behind the 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 pin to fail also you know having not having a much corrosion there but I've seen them before you know the heat gets it's basically the heat gets to them and I've seen that actually warm up enough so that the plastic on the on the GPS unit starts melting and causing a little conductivity problems and then the heat just starts exponentially getting weird so um yeah if you have if you've had one go bad contact trail tech and and let them know uh just uh tell them that you had a problem with your dock and see where that goes uh okay mark schneider <laughs> what was your favorite quad magazine camping trip and what do you know about a fish bapping stick <laughs> mark that's insider information i'm ne- i'd never give away my fishing spots even though i don't i don't fish um but we didn't have fishing poles i, I don't know if we had fishing poles but we got fish with some uh yeah uh, I do have uh, some quad stuff. And Mike Pearson says, I have the aluminum and it's nice. So I'm not really sure where that came from. Was I talking about? So- oh, the aluminum dock. Understood. Sometimes you guys type so quickly in the chat that you leave out the important information. And like I say always, the reason I'm recording this is so I can remember it if I have to. I don't really, when I hang up the phone on this show, like I don't remember anything I've said all night long, and so reading some of this stuff um, is uh, a little bit uh, difficult. Sander Sandwiches asks your number one favorite suspension of all time, whether it be a company or inserts. Huh. Favorite suspension of all time. Like what was the best? So currently. I'm I'm really happy with almost all the stock suspension that comes on stock Yamahas and stock KTMs. And this is just I'm just now that now the freaking world is everybody wants to fight me and they're complaining. And the reason I'm saying this is because the stuff works really good for a wide range of people. I can hop on both of those two brands of bikes right now. And not have really any complaints that I can't kind of adjust with the clickers. And and so this is KTM EXCs and XCs lately. I've had really good luck with. I haven't ridden an SX in the last couple of years, so can't comment on those. But the the XCs and the and the and the XCWs and EXCs that I've ridden, I've been really happy with for their intended use for what that bike was designed for. And then the the Yamahas, whether it be YZ. Uh, I take a YZ and I, for my speed at the motocross track, which is like 50 expert, whatever that is, I can go do anything short of full blown supercross. Uh, and then, you know, in like on, on the right tracks, like even when Glen Helen gets rough, I just, I can, I love the bike. I can, I don't have to think about the suspension. 
on some other brands, I have to think about the suspension. I was actually pretty impressed with the the um, the new Kawasaki also, the, the 24 KX450. I thought that was actually pretty good. So the, the bikes are good, but like... I've tried a lot of the different... So I had Kreft suspension. They're no longer around. I have a guy, George, at ESP, who works on my suspension, who tunes it up. I actually just got a set of Del Saggio. I had Del Saggio inserts in a, in a pair of forks that I finally picked up, and I need to go test those. I'm gonna actually going to hook up... Um, I'm going to try three or four different sets of suspension and hook up to a... Um, a uh, potentiometer or a thing that's going to read what the suspension is doing. It's the, uh, the data logger and I'm forgetting, I'm dropping the name of the thing that I'm trying to remember out of my head. Uh, but anyways, we have a test on an dirt bike test and I'm going to go test that out. Cause I want to, I want to see some charts on some stuff that I'm feeling. So, uh, that's in my, that's in my short term plans. And, but you know, um, there, there's not really any, and and this goes across the board. There's not really any one kind of suspension that's that that's just the better than anything else or any. It's it's real. It's like personal flavor suspension. Like it's it's like your your choice of ice cream or the kind of food you eat or what you would, what you when you go to a buffet like what you would put on your plate on your first run through the buffet, like that's what you want for your suspension. But how you know how do you get it? And so the the manufacturer tries to give you like pizza or tacos because everybody likes those right and you might want you to say hey you know I, I want I want soft shell only tacos okay so you eliminate half the taco variety this is what's going on with suspension where you're trying you're getting more specific if you're talking about companies like you know you know like Honda kind of has a suspension philosophy I'll call it you know it's different than the, the Yamaha suspension philosophy and by philosophy, I mean kind of the, the end result feel that you get out of it. And they all have, you know, different ways. I, you know, KTM has a certain feel and the Husky has a certain feel and the gas gas has a certain feel. They're all three, even though they're kind of the same platform, a little bit different in the, you know, the similar model. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's best. I, when I say I like stock suspension, it's because it works really good for such a wide range. And if we go back 10 years, uh, there were some bikes that I had real issues with that are now way more apparent. And then and then there were some bikes that were really good. I, I'm frankly, I'm amazed. I have a 2002 or three, I think, 2002 Husaberg 650. That suspension blew me away when I rode it. And... I mean, when I wrote it like two years ago, just for what it did, it would get raked over the coals right now for how long of stroke it has and how much pitch there can be in certain situations. It's got a lot of travel, but there's some things that it did that were like, man, that's really cool. But there's other stuff that it did. like, eh, I don't know if that's good because it can really pitch um, forward and back quite a bit. So you decide, um, I, you know, in when we go to like branch, you know, I've had, I've had, you know, bones at pro circuit do me suspension that he nailed the first time. You know, I just talked to him a little bit and he nailed it. I've had him, I've sent him stuff that I never did any testing with a Suzuki RMX 250 was one of the bikes. And he, and I, you know, I, he's known as like a motocross guy, but he's really into off-road nailed it first time. I sent suspension for an off-road bike to factory connection one time. 
and they knew it was for an off-road bike, and they, they nailed it the first time too, which is really strange. I've sent it to other places. Let's say I've sent stuff or had stuff that went through uh, companies like Racetech and uh, where was I'm trying to think of a couple of the other ones that we that I that I'd sent them to that I had to send back and I said hey eh, this and, and they were they were kind of sent there sort of we'll call it like unsolicited it was done for a test bike and we've ridden a lot of test bikes that had the suspension done and you know it's either you ride it and you say oh, okay that's not for me that's not my setup and maybe somebody else that rode the bike liked it but there was other times where I kind of had to send it back I said ah that's not my flavor you know you you put onions in that taco and I don't like onions so that's that's my take on suspension so um hopefully that answers your question um which is the number one best feeling in your opinion uh best feeling I I mean I've always liked PDS uh, there's there's something about just the way that I can get a PDS um, even st- you know stock, but then I can also I know how to tune it to get it to work. Especially if I'm going to go get it valved, I can make that stuff work really really good. Even that Hoosberg I was just talking about it was actually believe it or not PDS. So um, yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of that. But I mean, just like these days, out of the box and the 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 test reviews and stuff kind of confirm it is like people really seem to like the the yamahas and people don't like the ktms for the air fork but i really like the air fork so i'm all over the place don't ask me right (laughs) um dan parker has a question similar suspension question he has a 2021 gas gas ec300 i'm adding the proper springs from weight and considering having enduro engineering revout for michigan b-class hair scrambles with some decent sized jumps do you think the revalve is worth it or work with the clickers first and see how bad it bops out bottoms out on jumps? Okay, Dan. So I've said this millions of times and stuff. If you've, if you've ridden and the bike's broken in, um, you know, put seven, 10, 15 hours on it and have the suspension serviced. So before you do anything else, and if you go to stiffer Springs, have the Springs put on and have the suspension serviced. Um, especially in the forks, if you go into brand new springs, like they're going to contaminate it a little, they're going to, you know, the, the new springs tend to, you know, sometimes leave a little bit of, you know, residue and stuff in there. But so I always say, start with fresh fluid. If you're going to springs that are substantially stiffer than stock, you will probably have to have the suspension revalved because the rebound is just not up to the, what the spring is going to do. So this is just something to kind of take into consideration. If you're going to heavier springs, you're going to have to have it revalved for the full sake of the rebound is going to probably be overpowered. But if you're if you're going to like say same thing if you're going to lighter springs, it's the opposite end of the the spectrum. But I always say get it serviced, get it broken in, then ride it, and then uh, get it the best you can with the clickers. And then when you send it in to your suspension guy. When it finally goes to the suspension guy, that'll give him an idea of where you're at. And it should it should match what he's thinking. And if he talks to you, you're talking to him, and they, they say, hey, I'm all the way out on the compression, or, or, you know, my rebound's in really far, and then I wanted more or something, they can kind of bring it back. Or you say, hey, I went in so far on the rebound, it started affecting the compression. I didn't like what it was doing. So I always say 
play around with the clickers and see what the damn clickers do to begin with. You know, maybe you're way up on the high speed compression or something weird like this. And, and, and that'll kind of tell you the feeling you're trying to get and it'll give them a better idea of what they're trying to, we're trying to work with. So, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, take. So George says, I want to say the forks in the 24 XCW felt very good. Even when I lawn darted my head into the wash yesterday. Well, thanks, George. Um, uh, we also learned on the 24 KTM that the uh, headlight, the plastic holding the headlight shell and the headlight itself is brittle because George can punch a hole in the ground with it and it breaks. So those are uh, those are the questions that's going on. I'm going to run in right now. We're going to go in here and see who could possibly win this DDC sprocket. If you are in the uh, chat right now, um hopefully you're in here um contestant number one alan cone if alan happens to be in the chat uh you could be the winner of the ddc sprocket from last show so uh, you got about a minute or two and um FYI, we play a drinking game during your show says sandor three rules drink when jimmy talks about being a magazine editor okay Two, drinks when he dances around directly answering questions, and he takes a shot himself. Well, I'll start with the latter, uh, Sander. Uh, hopefully you're going to survive this show, because I will too. Um, like I said, Ragosa Dances around directly answering a question. Um, hmm. DDC Sprockets, huh? Uh, says Korean Donahue. Yeah. DDC Sprockets, Delaney Drive Components, our original sponsor of this show. DDCRacing.net is where you go for all of your sprocket needs. We like to say we like DDC. Oh! <laughs> exactly. And uh, somebody's going to be getting that in about two minutes. Uh, it's not going to be Alan Cohn. <laughs> so, cheers. Mm. Uh, next up on the agenda. Oh, we have questions. I have some good questions tonight don't forget to go to jimmy lewis off-road hey we have some openings in our february class and also our april class and if you're a female if you're a woman we have ladies only march class taught by my beautiful wife heather so um i'm just gonna stand around in my ca casual climb gear during that i'm not gonna do anything i'm just gonna stand around and be the 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 useless husband at that class so uh, check out JimmyLewisOffRoad.com for more information. And the, uh, okay, so Alan has not made it. So our next amazing contestant is Dan Parker. Dan Parker, if you're out there in the Internet's world, you could be owner of the Sprocket. I think, I think that Dan watches the show on... When it's uh, when it's uh, uploaded to the YouTubes. Oh, Dan Parker is here. Dan Parker, you get the sprocket. So um, I'm going to email me myself a note right now. Reply, and uh, you win. Completely random uh, drawing way of doing the uh, it's, uh, the uh, sprocket thing so you win a DDC sprocket thanks again to uh, to DDC 
That's good. We got that con con contest out of the way, and now we're into the questions. Oh, boy. What happened to my notes here? Uh, I'll get to the have a really good idea to help improve your show a little bit later. <laughs> um, and... Oh, the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday t-shirts, by the way. Um, like I said, coming on Friday. And don't go to any fake climb websites. This is another public service announcement. I guess they've gone, they've they've gotten a lot of those things taken down. But if you see Climb has some really good uh, closeout deals going on, and you can just go to their website, go to climb.com, and they have a section that's like closeouts. That's where all that stuff is at. If you see something looks too good to be true, uh, it probably is. So don't uh, don't do that. So we're talking about the Honda Trance out, which. Uh, I was riding, you know, I ran into a guy on a, on a brand new Transalp who wrote it, actually wrote it in the dirt with no skid plate, which scared me. But then he also liked the user map set like rain mode. And I'm like, whoa. So, uh, dork in the road says so many haters in the comments for this bike, but every review I see pretty much the same. It's great. If you use it for what it was designed for great review, Jimmy. So I'm glad Someone called Dork tells me I did a great review. This is this is always important to me. Bone Daddy forty five sixty says I wish Honda would bring the AT back to the U.S. market. The TA might be what I get instead. So I'm a little confused because I thought AT standard for Africa Twin and. I'm pretty sure there's Africa twins in the United States. So this is what you get on YouTube. But AT might mean something else. And Marty Thompson says, I rode both this, meaning the Honda Transalp, and the Tenere. I bought this. He says, it's way better balanced, not top heavy. Okay, I disagree with the not top heavy. I don't think it's better balanced. I think it's similar. Very easy to ride. That's a that's an interesting thing <laughs> because uh, with all the traction controls, I find it hard to ride. <laughs> I took it on a 200 km enduro loop last weekend. Okay, 200 kms. That means not from the United States. Might be Canadian. And by the way, I'm still apologizing to all the Canadians I offended on the last show. Uh, speaking of that, there have been a few Tech Talk Taco Tuesday t-shirts exported up to Canada for some of your consumption. Uh, let me know if I promised you one in one way, shape, or form, and I can get it to you. Anyways, four bikes in the group. It's, I sat on the back, leader, leader, back wheel of the leader on a KTM 500 EXC all day on his Transalp. It's way more capable than people make out. Ride one before you dismiss it. And this is coming from someone who has never really understood why people like Honda so much. Okay. I don't think you went on Enduro Loop <laughs> on that bike and kept up with the KTM 500 unless it was your grandpa on the KTM 500. Okay? That's what I think. So, and I know why people like Honda so much. Because... You meet the nicest people on a Honda, and you're probably a nice guy, and you, you were trying to hound this poor old man on a KTM 500, and 
picking on him when you really shouldn't, but that's what you did. Jack4668 on my Tenere vlog video where I give my suspension settings says, what does the acronym JL mean? Uh, hold on. Oh, ah! yeah, you, you really need to, you really need to know <laughs> what is the acronym jail. I, do you really want me to say my name more? Really? <laughs> MX gun, MX racing gun unlimited LTD says, where is a good place to buy a KTM Freeride EXE for a good deal? I listened to the podcast, and you mentioned earlier you were going to talk about it, but I guess I missed it. Great videos. Thanks. So a while back, I, I, I don't know if it's still current, but KTM was having uh, really good deals on the... They were basically having closeouts on the uh, Freeride E. So I, I would go start with a KTM dealer. I mean, these days, you, you can do an online search and you know start poking around and checking out where dealers are you know if dealers are dealing on those things and stuff like that but there was there was some incentives i know and you know things going on so uh i don't know what video that was but that's what i heard i think i said that on the show the last time i heard about it but we'll see uh otis flint says a friend has one, meaning the uh, KTM Freeride. It makes a rough 25-mile loop we have, but just barely. It usually is in limp mode or close when getting back to the truck. He loves it, but he also has a gas bike, so he can switch when the Freeride isn't up to the task. And on that subject, I'm, you know, like, so 25 miles, they're riding it pretty hard. If they're getting it to go out, I could easily get 25 miles, but I, I don't, I, I, I know when I went out and like really tried to hammer the battery dead, I could run it hard for about 25 and then it would, like he said, it's like limp mode. It kind of depended on the temperature, uh, you know, outside and sometimes you still had like, you know, another five or six miles easy and other times at 25, it would start slowing down, but I wouldn't call it limp mode. It took a long time to get it into, quote, limp mode. And you're not really supposed to do that because you're draining the battery super, super low. So, um, yeah, kind of think about uh, think about that when you're uh, out there riding your electric bike. It's, uh, it's important. And uh, there we go. So, awesome name, Dork in the Road. Yeah. Rad. Uh, Dork in the Road is the man. And so he has a good... I, I, I met him at the... Uh, I didn't actually meet him. I, saw, I listened to him talk at the uh, Tour Tech Rally. What about KM for learning roadbooks or Baja? Uh, KM. What, what does KM mean? Um, yeah. Do you want to know the, uh, what the acronym means? <laughs> so... Uh, Go where it's snowing to buy a cheap bike. Okay, that's that's a good idea, Troy. It's probably it's probably even better to buy a, a, a cheap electric bike where it's snowing. I'm thinking, especially after all of the uh, the pictures of the Teslas popping up um, at the charging stations because the charging stations weren't working uh, very well. But uh, okay, so 
I'm checking to see. Hey, uh, Mike Pearson says, my Climb Arsenal pack is the best. I agree. Climb, a sponsor of this show. So when I'm wearing my Climb Arsenal vest, I'm usually riding a Yamaha WR450, which I rode the other day and had a really great uh, rip around the desert. We did some nice sand washes. Uh, good fun. We did the ride after the Hot, Hot Shoe Hall of Fame ride. So it was, it was very... Uh, lightly attended. I think uh, I think people are a little old, tired to get up. And Sanders Sandwiches says, what did you used to do for a living? That's me. What did I used to do? I still do what I do for a living. I ride dirt bikes uh, for a living. I've ridden dirt bikes for a living. And I've always done something else while I was riding the dirt bikes for a living. But the primary source of income in my life has been riding dirt bikes still is somehow I don't know where it is so uh, checking in uh, with everybody out there thanks for um, the questions Uh, I thought Sprockets was a German TV show (laughs) is it? I don't watch German TV I can barely watch American TV and they say I only dance um when the wife asks him a question, <laughs> neither of uh, neither of those is true. Uh, don't don't really dance that much, either. So I'm going to go into this this question here. Uh, should I wear goggles when I wear this? Anyway, so uh, this is from Bill, and uh, Bill kindly wrote me a nice letter, and he says, "I have a really good idea to help you improve your show." with a lot of ex- explanation points. And he says, he says, you are now competing with Dirt Bike TV on your podcasts. Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'll tell you why in a minute. If I may put it politely, exclamation points, Jay gets right into the question and answers them in a much more direct and concise way. I would. I haven't watched that. I've seen clips of it. I might, uh, I might agree with that, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, there is no drinking. Ooh. And let's just say rambling side bullshit to the answers. Okay. I like to call that entertainment, but uh, anyways. His podcasts are much shorter than yours, and the first 20 minutes are not lost to goofy stuff. Well, his, his is not a live show, <laughs> I don't think. And uh, he probably he probably has a profe- he probably hires a professional because he's uh, he has sponsors a lot of sponsors and that's why his answers are more direct because he can go straight to to sponsor straight to sponsor unlike me who I'm sponsored um, I have partners uh, Yamaha Taco Moto Scott Sports Climb DDC Trail Tech Fast Company Bulletproof Designs and Double take mirrors. You can watch them scrolling up on the screen over my shoulder when there's not a rad picture that I put up there of myself riding a motorcycle where I make a living. Anyways, I thought you'd like to know. We are busy people and we do not have a lot to do other than how the Valley of the Dirt people are doing. Oh, to know. Okay. Yeah, you didn't say that, but I'll just to know how the Valley of the Dirt people are doing. Not to say that we don't like a little small talk here and there. And yes, I do have a few drinks now and then myself and let my hair down for a few laughs. 
oh, you'd be so lucky to let your hair down. You did have to throw that in there at me. I just thought you would like to know from a viewer like me. Yeah, I, I actually do like to know. I'm, I, I, I sent him a letter back, and I said I did appreciate his thing. I do believe you were probably a much... This is, this is where he starts buttering it up. I do you believe you are probably a much better rider than Jay and have a lot to offer when it comes to your riding classes. Keep up the good thoughts and have excellent content to your shows, but please get down to business and still hold your joy of motorcycle tech and your riding experience. Hold, you want to say hold on to your joy. I'm going to hold on to my joy here in a second. It's, it, was, it was right behind the stage. Uh, not that I like drinking that much, but uh, I just, you know, these, these, these letters uh, really bring it to me. I, I'd like start crying, but I'd rather have a sip of beer right now. <laughs> this is where I need a co-host because I really want to talk, but I'm really thirsty. You will go a long ways with more busier people like myself. Bill, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he says, thanks, Bill. And Mike Parsons comments, uh, let's say, I like Jimmy's show better for some of the stories. Everyone is different and like different things. I agree. So <laughs> hold on. I'm going to agree with myself. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I doubled up on that one. So even back in the day when, when I was uh, working at the magazines, when I was at Dirt Rider, I was really very keen to, to, to understand that as much as people use that as a, as, a, as, a, as a reference for getting good, solid information, they also need to be entertained. Because if it was written like a lab manual or a white sheet... Nobody would buy it. Some people looked at it just for the pictures. I know why some people didn't like that magazine. They didn't like Transworld or they like motocross action or they like something else. Like you get Transworld and you get girls in front of the motorcycle or maybe next to it or whatever. And I don't like mixing those two things personally, like, you know, looking at girls and motorcycles. I like looking at them for different reasons. So I separate it. So that wasn't, that wasn't my tack. I, I, saw the craft behind some of the other editors, what they did, you know, the way, the way, you know, Jody at, at motocross action would purposely pick the bike that everybody else was going to drool over as the worst. And then say, we, we're, we told you, we're the only ones going to tell you the way it really was. Um, and then the next month tell you how to fix it. There was, you know, there was the, the, the just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Dirt bike magazine approach of just, get it done with as many small words and as quickly as possible and didn't go into so much detail. So I, I just found a place where I kind of fit, but I always remember there was a certain amount of entertainment. There's that had to be, had to be enjoyable. My column would kind of tell you what was going on, but maybe tell a story and, and maybe a joke or it might be funny in some way, shape or form. I actually talked to a guy today who reminded me of a story I told about my hands that are, that are, they're shaped like action figure hands that are supposed to hold on to things. Mine hold on to uh, grips and uh, beers, as you'll notice. It's just it's it's magical kind of. But so this is the way this is the way I treat this podcast. And I've talked to a couple of my friends. You know, when I bring some of this stuff up, I'm like, Hey, do you think we should make it shorter or whatever? And they're like, Don't change. And I know they're saying that because they're my friends, and they know that I will I will disown them and and never let them hang out with me 
which is probably like that's really what they want me to do, but they don't. And uh, you know, I won't let them ride my my motorcycles that I have, so that's probably why they're my friends. And uh, so I'm gonna kind of keep doing this the way <laughs> the way I've been doing it, and try to keep a little bit of entertainment in there. So I think, um, yeah, and, and so. Uh, it's, uh, some comments. I'm going to go ahead and um, read. <laughs> uh, Sandra says, uh, hopefully, Sandra, hopefully this is a full beat around the bush uh, question answering session. So you can uh, you can uh, have that. And look here, look, I'll just have one for you, too. So you have to have two. Hmm. But the, you know, it's like people like kind of the the different the different things. Uh Let's see. It says, uh, Jay's an okay guy, but he is pretty bland and sucks a lot of, and then it says blank, blank, blank. No, Jay's a great guy. Um, he, and, and he's, he has created a, a really cool, that's why I had him on the show. I, I really, he still owes me his worst of picks. He, he won't do it because it's, you know, somebody, it's just like anything that's taken out of context. You know, he could say something bad about something, and it, it might be a personal thing or whatever. And then, you know, like seven years later, there might be a really good opportunity to work with that company. And they're like, "Well, seven years ago, you know, you said that the uh, the the this, you know, whatever whatever it is that it isn't a you know, Wiseco Pro X, um, you know, Dunlop, what <laughs> all of his all his things. He does pimp his stuff, and that's what he's supposed to. That's what he has to do. So that's the that's the way it kind of works. Um, and Dave Burgess says we like goofy stuff. Yeah, I, I don't want to call it goofy. Uh, uh, Jim Jarvis says Dirt Bike TV, aka a Pimp My Ride. We never never had an aftermarket bike he did uh, part he didn't love. He it was like they were called Jay Clark bikes. They they the bikes that Jay would build with all of his sponsor stuff would just do the rounds at the magazines, and I rode a I've ridden a bunch of them, and. They were they they were exactly that. It was just a lot of stuff. It was a product showcase. It's just like these these people that do bike builds, these influencers that do bike builds and list all the parts down on their bottom under an affiliate link. They get all the stuff for free. They hope you click on it. They get a little thing back and they get a lot of free stuff and usually they just go and sell the bike. So um, it's you know I can tell you how this business works and how it breaks down. And as soon as I write my book, which I'm you know I've been talking about for four years now because it's how long I've been doing this. Uh, uh, podcast, uh, four years, she's 218 episodes. Uh, if at 50 a year, that's about four years. I need to go back to a Mexican restaurant. So, um, and you figure out how to make this less complicated. There's still, we're still running in the red on the, on the thing. So if the stuff's buffering, uh, I'm, I'm blaming the computers. So, uh, let's see. Uh, I like Jimmy's show better for some of the stories. Well, of course you do. That's why you're listening right now. <laughs> Everyone is different and likes different things. It's like sitting around a campfire, says Craig Alberts, after a long day of riding uh, with Jimmy and friends. Perfect. That is the atmosphere that I'm sort of trying to create here. I honestly, I, we do have sponsors. They do help kind of support us, but they barely pay for the bandwidth of all the stuff we're putting out. And in reality, I... I've gotten so much from dirt bikes. I mean, like I told I told the guy earlier, I like, yeah, I, I ride dirt bikes for a living. I want to continue to do that. And this is sort of my penance. I think I think I've I've sinned 
uh, by riding so much dirt bikes and had so much good times with it that I have to give something back. And I know how much you guys, you wouldn't even be listening to this if you didn't like riding dirt bikes. You, did, you want to, to be able to go riding all the time. And that's what's, that's what's cool. And uh, that guy must be fun to ride with. Which guy? I, you probably should go riding with Jay because he has all the trick bikes with all the cool parts on it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get him back on the show. Actually, I should get him back on the show, and then we could talk about whose show is better. That's what I would do. Um, yeah, and uh, Dan and likes listening to the podcast because it keeps my attention and helps me focus. You got to be kidding me. You know what I need to do? I need to do a podcast while I'm driving because that's about the only time I'm actually focused. Like, what? what is it with people driving and talking into their phone uh, like – posting on things every once in a while i see these kind of things so um jason app i too in for jimmy and jimmy things oh good this is called jimmy rider i enjoy the entertaining stories useful information and the for sale section in rooster endo <laughs> yes that's rooster endo or for sale sometimes i i forgot to ask if uh the the couple of last people i know trevor sold his bicycle that he put on there and uh, Dave says he's not my friend, so don't change. <laughs> Let's see. Um, no, uh, Mike, I'm not going to. I've always been myself. I don't want to conform to anybody else's standards, but I need content, so I read people's letters on the uh, on the air. Uh, let's get to the, uh, the net. Gronk VBS just got here. Better late than never. Uh, you Canadians, man. I probably snowed and made the power go out underground in your cellars. Uh, this is another letter I got. Dear blank. Oh, that must be to me. Uh, do you want your business to reach your audience through Google positive reviews and nice comments and get more customers organically? Question mark. Then I can help with that. Why should you actually choose Google positive review? What are its benefits? And then there's some emojis and stuff. Whether it's Google, Yelp, industry-specific platforms, I can strangely place positive reviews where they matter most, maximizing your online presence. I tell you where I like to have my reviews placed. Yeah, <laughs> it's not online. <laughs> um, let's see. Identify key platforms for positive reviews that align with your target audience. I'm speaking to my target audience right now, amazingly. Craft and conform authentic and compelling reviews tailored to each platform's audience. Thank you for your considering my proposal. I'm excited the opportunity to enhance your business reputation and drive positive growth. You need to send Bill a letter and tell him that I'm doing it my way. Please contact me without any hesitation. I'm always ready for you. Best regards, Mossambarish Haikum. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, I don't want to engage with Masambar Aish. Um, can can you guys all leave positive reviews for me someplace uh, so I don't have to have this guy? Because evidently, if I don't have this guy, my business is going to fail. He had pictures of me um, on on my uh, on my podcast. He was using the pictures to to show me how he was going to make more positive reviews. So. If you want to do that, um, that would be much appreciated. I'm not begging. Actually, be careful because the the uh, Google the, the YouTube's asked me if I wanted to start a member subscription page. So just be careful. Um, let's see. 
Kirian, Kirian, Kirian says, "Who have you not had on your show that you absolutely need to get on the show?" Let's see. Who do I want to get on the show? I actually want to get um, uh, Bones from Pro Circuit Suspension on the show because we have a lot of history, and he's a he's a real interesting guy. He's kind of kind of retired now. He goes fishing a lot, but he'd be he'd be uh, one of the guys I want to get on. Um, I've I've talked to a whole bunch of people about it, but it's it's difficult to get him. I want to get Jason Abbott on the show. That guy. We'll talk about we'll talk about um, motos- motorcycle media and editors and what it's like working for manufacturers and all the tricks they have. Um, who else would like to get on the show? I don't know. Got to get Ricky back on the show. That Brabet kid, the guy that won the Dakar. Remember that? It was like a couple weeks ago. Everybody already forgot. So got to get that guy back on the show. And, um, yeah, don't change anything. Add some new tech parts or parts that are popping up in the industry to stir up the comments. I did that. I made a note to myself to talk about uh, what did I make a note on? There was some new, oh, maybe it was in one of the questions. Um, France. Harkener9821 says, do you even use the clutch lever for anything? Maybe just for stopping and takeoff. And he's asking about a recluse, a recluse clutch. And it's like, no, you don't have to use the clutch at all. But you can. And not just for starting and stopping. So that's uh that's the thing. What was the new tech part that I I saw? Oh, I was talking today. There's some new there's some new ECU tuning tools that are uh, popping up out there. And I, I finally talked to someone that was working with one and he was, he was, his guy was really sharp. And when he was listening to me talk, he was like, finally, <laughs> he said this, he said, finally, someone who actually gets it. So I said my thing, like, you know, if you want more power, turn the throttle farther and a couple other things, just dealing with traction and, and, and rideability and, and how fueling and ignition works. And, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I'm, I'm excited to possibly start doing some stuff with this guys. So that would be really cool if that uh, works out. Doug P two, seven, six, nine says, Yamaha, my favorite brand, and never had a bad one. I would never buy this bike, though. Two strokes are best for dirt and to repair. Okay, glad you're looking at... He's, he's talking about the Yamaha WR video. And I'm glad you're looking at bikes based on they're better to repair. It's like, how much do we really have to work on bikes? And I'll get to that in a minute, too. Dave Lerner says, a question regarding gearing and chain slap. And this is something I pulled off of the EXC and Performance uh, Tech Group there. When I changed from a stock 1448 to 1450, I noticed a significant increase in chain slap noise. Now I'm planning on going a tad lower. I saw somewhere that the larger rear sprockets are more prone to chain slap, and I'm thinking of going 1348. So can anyone confirm that? So on a KTM from 1448 to 1450, you can, you, well, it depends on, it depends on the chain and where it's at, like where it's set up. But usually you can just flip the chain blocks around, switch the sprocket, and you shouldn't have to do any adjustment at all. So 
I'm hoping that he flipped the chain blocks around and didn't do any adjustment and it, and it worked. But I have not found that going to larger chain, you know, a larger sprocket in the rear made the chain slap any more or less, for instance. In fact, I, I would think that it would be more on the smaller sprocket uh, because because it's it's the bigger sprocket would tend to want to hold it a little bit higher, not much, but a little bit higher. And it kind of depends on where that chain slap is coming from, you know, whether it's on the top side, which it usually is. And and then kind of, you know, maybe when you're going to the, the 1450, you know, it, it could be anything when you're going uh, uh, Sander uh, dancing around the question answer, please. When you're going to these, because sometimes I think about these things as you're doing, when you're going to it, it's changing the gearing and maybe you're more in between gears and it allows the, the you know, more chain slap because of, of where you're riding it, you know, on and off throttle, on and off power a little bit more. So, and then, you know, it really, is it, is it slapping on the upper chain guide, you know, where, where it used to be a roller or is it slapping on the lower one down at the bottom? That's that's kind of across that frame rail. So it really depends on where that noise is coming from. I will tell you uh, straight up that different uh, chain uh, guides and chain blocks uh, make different noises. Um, and some of them, some of them are designed to be soft and quiet because they need to pass sound standards. And some of them are designed to last a real long time, and they tend to be harder plastic. So you hear the chain kind of slapping around on that. And uh, Going to a 1348, I I think that that's actually going to make it, I would think it would make it worse because with that smaller countershaft sprocket, it's going to, it's going to also put the chain down lower onto the, you know, kind of onto the swing arm. And that is kind of a problem when you run like 12, I used to run a 12 tooth on some of my KTMs for really gnarly stuff. And that would actually wear right through the, the chain guide. Um, the upper wear pad uh, pretty quick and um, it wasn't really that good on the chain either it was a little bit too little too tiny but yeah when you go down to the 13 to go to the one smaller it's uh, it's less and I was just riding a KTM 500 with a 15 tooth counter shaft sprocket on it and I have um, on that bike I believe I have TM design works which are some of the the harder um, things and I didn't I didn't really notice any big difference going from, you know, a 14 to a 15 or a 13 on I haven't some of my other bikes. I haven't noticed a difference in chain slap. So I wonder, I wonder if you adjusted your chain differently. That's what I would get back to the, um, that's what I would get back to on things. So into the chat, uh, if you wonder how you can ask, ask questions on this, you can comment on the, uh, on the video. We get back to all of our um, comments on the show, so we don't always answer them in the comment section, but we always cut them and bring them back and answer them on the show. You can join in the show live, ask your chat question, ask your questions in the chat. We uh, most of the time get to all those when it doesn't get too crazy inside of here. And of course, uh, you can send us an email. It's pretty easy. It's my name at Dirt Bike Test, and we will you know add those into the show mix as well. I'm pretty sure we're going to do a Rooster Endo next time. I'm still talking with Taco Mike to have the big Rooster Endo show that we've been talking about, but I haven't got that um, totally put together. 
And uh, next week, I'll, you know what? I know what I was going to tell you about all the new techs and gadgets. I'm going to the AIM Expo show, and that's where you're going to show us all that new stuff. So I will have that information. Tuesday is the first. Next Tuesday is the first night of the show, so I might postpone the show till Wednesday so I can bring some of that information back to you. Uh, or um, or maybe I get bored and I rush home because I can't. I'm too excited to, to tell everybody, and I'll do Tech Talk Taco Tuesday on Tuesday. So, yeah, I'm getting Jason Abbott in here. Do a ride and a show. Hey, and if you want to be the co-host here on this amazing show and sit in this amazing seat, um, I, I'll, sell me on it. <laughs> sell me on you coming in to be a co-host in the show. Let's see how you can do at uh, hosting a live podcast where we have problems with audio and button pushing and things like that. And uh, I will, I will, I'll probably push your buttons too. Um, yeah, I, I have a finger that I use for my to check my chain tension. I just push up on the. I literally, on my KTM's, if I'm running kind of a near standard gearing, if I if my bike is my swing arm is unweighted, I push up on the chain to the back of the bottom chain guide, and then and then I try to force. I try to roll the, this is what I do. I try to roll the the chain over the end of that thing and make it touch the swing arm and I want it to just barely not touch the swing arm. If you if you can kind of visualize what I'm talking about. So you think about you're running your finger along the chain to the back of the bottom of the chain guide and then you push it up and and it and I've done this on quite a few different bikes and it, it seems like right before the chain touches the the, the the aluminum part of the swing arm, the top is so tight that it that it it's good. If it goes up and it touches, is it's too loose? And if you get there and there's like a you know a sixteenth or a half an inch before it get or a quarter inch before it gets there, um, maybe it's too tight. And you know the way you can check this is the next time you have your shock off with your chain still intact, run your chain, get your swing arm perfectly straight. So so it's it's. So it's not a it's it's in the swing arc. It's perfectly parallel. So your swing arm pivot, your center of your counter shaft, and your rear sprocket are essentially in line. And that's when you kind of that's when the chain will be at its tightest. And you you can kind of check that there, and then compare that if it's if it's not tight. Compare that to when it's at the regular extension, and then you can you can kind of do some some math on your own and figure it out best thing to do do it exactly like they tell you to do it in the manual if you have time and you want to be that uh concise about that so bill o'neill says it could be a rookie rider with 20 year old knowledge also a mechanic i could be i could be a rookie rider with 20 year old knowledge also a mechanic Oh, you could be a host on the show. <laughs> Let's see. Hey, Jimmy, Gronk VBS says, have you seen the buzz on the Cove Rally 800 as opposed to the ADV model? 360 pounds with one gallon of fuel, five gallon tank, so still under 400 pounds full. It'll be at the AIM Expo. Check it out. If it's at the AIM Expo, I will check it out. I will do that for you. I'll get the scoop, the inside scoop. I got the inside scoop on the Cove last time because... A bunch of people I know, they all work for manufacturers, are standing around. They're like, hey, Jimmy, 
Go look and see what that thing is. It looks like a copy of a KTM. <laughs> so uh, that was the first time I actually saw one in person was last year at the, at the AIM Expo. So, okay. I have a couple stories to tell, and then I'm probably going to sign off and run a little bit long for a solo show. I'm not going to take a break. Actually, I should take a break. I should, I should, uh, you know, I'm going to take a quick little commercial break right now just for a few seconds. The defending champion, the all-new Yamaha YZ450F. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. back thanks for watching my sponsors sponsors are good they're uh, they're these these companies are people that i support trust known for a long time i use their products i like them and ron wilder says wielder any updates on the t-shirts you're gonna have to go back about eh, an hour and 10 minutes and we'll have updates but yeah i'm gonna ship them out on friday or Thursday or Friday. No, I'm going to get them on Friday, and I'm going to try to ship them out by Monday, I hope. But, yes, that's an update on the T-shirts. 
Would you like to see the T-shirt? I'll put it up on the on the screen here. Look, I look good in that T-shirt, don't I? It's almost as good as the uh, climb flannel that I'm wearing, which is much nicer. But you're going to have a Tech Talk Taco Tuesday T-shirt heading your way as soon as possible because everybody thinks, everybody thinks that I'm just taking your money and running, which is what I should I really should do, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm just got to get out of the merch business because I'm not very good at it. So thanks, everybody. Have I ridden the Harley adventure bike? Yes, I have, Frank. Um, the, not the, I don't know about the new one. I rode the one that was new a few years ago. So, um, yeah, I've ridden it. It's, uh, it's a beast. Uh, it's a good adventure bike. It should be um, pretty, I mean, I, and then I don't know what the Harley electric bikes are. So... I would uh, try to check it out. I'm gonna. F I'm. I mean, I. I need to ride a few more of these kind of like these electric bikes that are kind of popping up. Um, I, I really still want to ride a Stark. They're just you know they've they're sold out. They're selling everyone they can. They don't need any more you know, any more press. Period. Let alone somebody that they feel hates electric bikes, which isn't me, but people seem to feel this. And then, uh, he, oh, Ron's got seven. <laughs> seven T-shirts. Yeah, he sent me some money. He's, he, uh, I'm, I, I tried to go to Mexico and hide, but it didn't work. I came back. They, they, they let me back in the country. It was pretty amazing. So, uh, okay. So here's my, here's my, here's my story. Some of my, my KTM uh, things, interesting things that I had happen. So when I, when I start having a problem with a bike different problems with the bikes, you know, I, I kind of, I have a, have a system for, okay. The first thing I always, I always ask myself, the first thing is what did you do to it last? Like what caused this problem? It's not, they usually, they rarely just sort of break. So when we were down in Mexico, uh, the first, the first problem we had, interesting enough was on, I think, I believe it was a 2018 Husky 501 that uh, Mike was riding. We pulled up and I'm looking, I'm looking at his gas tank. Cause I'm, I'm always checking to see how much gas we have. And I, you know, he had a slightly smaller tank than me. And I actually was carrying an extra gallon that I dump into my bike as soon as I could. And I looked over at his bike and it looks like the gas is foaming. And, and I'm looking and his bike's running fine. He doesn't say anything. And I'm like, Hey Mike, you're uh, I think you've got a split fuel line or your fuel pump is, uh, you know, or fuel filter or something is cracked. And so he's like, really? And, and I'm like, yeah, I think so. I go, how's it running? He goes, it's running fine. So we rode for another 50, 60 miles and it got lower. It got low enough to where now you can kind of see it spraying up out of the, you know, where the fuel pump was is actually spraying inside the tank. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what it is. So we ended up, you know, opening the gas cap and you could look down in the tank and you could see where it was just starting to, out of the seam of the, the, the fuel filter. It was spraying gas. And so this was, uh, it was like, okay, you know, th this could go bad at any moment, but it probably been doing it for a long time. We don't know. And it was, a, it, you know, it, it, his, his bike was running fine. So we got back and, and luckily I actually was carrying around a taco moto, um, you know, metal fuel filter. One of the ones that, that taco Mike, that's taco moto.co sells. I had that. But I threw the clips in there that hold it, and I actually got ones were too big, 
And lucky Mike and his little spare toolkit parts, he didn't even know he had it, but he had a fuel filter kit from KTM. And with the with the right size clip. So between we put the good fil- fuel filter inside there and we got the clips. We did this the next morning. We rode another 50 or 60 miles before we before we even and the bike ran fine, but it was just getting time to fill. But this this and it was a made in Turkey fuel filter, by the way. So if you if you know, and the ones that you say made in Austria seem to never fail. The ones that say made in Turkey have a little bit uh, shorter of a shelf life. But this bike has 300 and something hours on it, more than that. I think he was saying 340 or something was where his hour meter was claiming the bike was at. But yeah, so we popped it out, popped in a new filter, and uh, we're on our merry ways. But um, and that's just kind of a known thing that happens. And people go, well, aren't you worried about? It? Yeah, we care. I was carrying one, so I'm not really worried about it. But I did have the the solution had I needed it. It would have been a little rough <laughs> if we had to change out in the field because I didn't have the right hose clamps. So we could have used zip ties. I'm pretty sure we could have popped it apart and used zip ties to kind of get the 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 new filter on. But I don't know how they would withstand the pressure. It'd be interesting to see. But you know, we ended up getting the right clips and everything was all good. So the next thing that, that that interestingly happened is I have a KTM 500 that had a tick. And and so here's the sources of KTMs and Huskies and whatever. And when we start talking about like, you know, noises and ticks, I, you know, so I, I always talk to, you know, I talk to Taco Mike every once in a while and ask him about just different things. And I talk to Chris Blaze, who has a lot of experience uh, on these things. And so I talk to a lot of guys that, because you talk to the guys at KTM and they don't have, you know, my contacts down there, they don't have experience with 200 and 400 and 500 and 700 hour motorcycles. That's just not their wheelhouse. They deal with things when they're new and they, they're kind of in their cycle for a year or two. They hear about issues if there are issues reported by customers but other than that it's it's they're sold and gone they're they're working on what's coming next and what the new thing is so you have to talk to guys that work on them all the time so i i do try to talk to guys like this all the time so i have this ktm 500 that has a tick and i posted about it about two years ago and and i it was a bike that i got from somebody else so it wasn't my bike so i don't know the original history of it and because i have a few of these things it kind of got lost in the mix got shuffled around and the the tick kind of went away, but I think I started paying attention to the wrong bike. And so finally I put a sticker on it and said, okay, this is the one with the tick. And so now I, I know which one it is. And I, I can't figure it out because I'm like, well, you know, this one had, I rebuilt the head on one bike and another bike I put a top end in. And neither of those bikes, the sounds didn't really change. The, the one that had the really bad tick was the one I had to rebuild the head on because the the valve keepers wore out and it dropped a valve that that tick was really bad but the so the the kind of ticky one i'm going oh boy what is it and i know and i checked the valves on the tick bike and the valves were all in spec and and then i'm like okay it's the you know it's it's the clutch dampers because the the where the noise comes from on ktm 500s is after 50 hours on the clutch dampers it's gonna tick and it's gonna sound like a cam chain tick and then the other tick that they make is when the piston gets really, uh, starts getting a little bit sloppy, it will make a tick. And then, of course, you can have, you know, loose valves tick, which is if it, everything's working perfect on that particular cylinder head is pretty rare. But, okay, there's that tick. 
and and I checked all these things, and then there's the kind of the cam chain tick, and I was like listening around with the screwdriver. You know, you put the screwdriver kind of on the bone below your ear, and you place the metal on the motor in different spots, and you can move it just like an inch, and you'll get a little bit of different sound, and a little bit different sound, and you can you know move it around. And so I was chasing this sound around, and I mean. I couldn't figure out where, quote, the tick was coming from. So checked, checked, you know, like I said, checked everything. And then upon really close inspection, so what I did was I actually pulled the cam chain tensioner out, um, thinking that, okay, it, it's, I'm going to check to see if the cam chain is worn. And you can usually tell by how far it's extended. And, you know, when you take it out, the spring pushes it out, but you can also pull the bolt off the back take the spring out and then pull the cam chain tensioner out and then there's no tension on it. So it comes out, but there's usually, you know, some, some, uh, we'll call it like a little bit of residue on it. So you can kind of see where it's been sitting and then you can see how far extended it is. And it was, it was still in the middle of the range, but the interesting thing on the bike with the tick is when I pulled that spring out with the the washer on the back of it, there's a, there's a, there's a, a copper, you know, crush washer on the back of it. It was, a thicker washer than standard. And so it was not allowing the, the, the full amount of spring pressure to go on that little cam chain tensioner Cause it's a, it's a, it's got a spring on it and it has a, a, you know, kind of ratcheting cam. So it, it can only go out, not in. So the spring pressure, which isn't that much, but it pushes it on the, onto the uh, cam chain. And I noticed the the, bolt, the the washer on the back of it was a little bit thicker. I'm like, huh, I'm going to change this. Tick, gone. <laughs> so that little tiny bit of spring pressure was just enough to possibly get it to push it out maybe like one tick more on the, on the cam adjustment and, you know, allow it to quiet it down. So it had cam chain tension but just not enough. And, and I don't know with, you know, whether when it heats up and cools down, how that affected it, but a lot of, uh, yeah, interesting. So, but the, the, the interesting, so when I talked about it, it was like, cause I'm worried it was something bad. And so I went around and asked a lot of people about that particular motor, you know, just that, that, that the KTM 500 motor in general had anybody seen, and this is what I learned, had anybody seen any catastrophic failures of those motors that weren't caused by something stupid, running it low in oil, over-revving it, sucking sand, the, the usual suspects, but just from just plain wear or tear. And, like, nobody has seen that motor kind of like grenade. And in the process of, like, kind of diagnosing the tick and knowing it was one of these bikes and... I'm like, well, I guess I can keep it running because it's not going to be catastrophic. So I'm sure there's other bikes with this same sort of a tick issue. So um, that's how. So I did a little research. If if there had been stories of you know rods coming apart at 500 hours commonly, you know that's how long they last. Or if if you let your piston wear out, it likes to turn sideways and then it blows a hole in the cylinder and wrecks your cylinder head. I wouldn't have been riding the bike, but I asked around, Hey, do these things really fail? And I asked people that knew that, that saw a lot of them, high mileage ones like, no, they don't, they don't really just grenade. Even with a high mileage, they grenade when you do something wrong, but any bike will. So that was my, uh, 
that was my essentially, you know, kind of path to, <laughs> to, to, to doing, you know, how long is this thing going to last? And then my last thing is the KTM fuel pumps, which as you know, if you have a KTM, it has a, you know, fuel injected KTM, it has a fuel pump. It will last, uh, like five tanks of gas, right? And then they go bad. If you read the internet, they all go bad. If you, if you leave, if you get more than 30 miles from a place where you can get towed out, your fuel pump will go bad, right? Okay. Well, that's what I heard, but I've been chancing it. I don't carry around a fuel pump with me. I never intend to. Um, the fuel filter was kind of a reach, and believe it or not, the, the, the ride in Mexico is the first time I ever actually carried one on my person. Amazingly, we used it, but back of the truck, but I had it with me. So I had my very first ever KTM fuel pump failure, but here's how awesome that bike was. It waited until we got done with our last day of riding, and our last miles, and when we pull up to our truck, our chase truck, that was there, we were going to load up at the chase truck, and I went to start the bike to load it in the back of the truck, the bike wouldn't start. Crank, 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 wouldn't start, crank, 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 wouldn't start. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what could be wrong? Like, really, what could be wrong? And it was the end of the day, I was tired, decided, nah, I'm, I don't really want to mess with it or anything like that. So we just pushed it up in the truck instead of riding in the truck. I hate pushing things with motors in them. So bikes in the truck loaded up, you know, drove it home, got home, and I'm like, okay, I figure it'll start right up. I figure it was just something funky, like maybe it was just water in, in the gas because we were really low on gas, and it maybe, you know, who knows? Nope, just crank, 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 nothing. And, and even when I was there at the, at the truck, I kind of, like, listened, and I didn't hear the, the fuel pump cycle. It just didn't make the, the you know, I, I tapped the starter a couple times and listened to it, and so I'm like, eh. Maybe it just went bad. So then I go, okay, like what, what is it? What do we touch? Whatever. So check, you know, first thing, check the fuses. And so I go and, you know, pull the fuses and they're all good. But then I push the starter and, and I hear it, it cycle. And I, you know, so I look closely at the fuses and there's just the ever so slight amount of corrosion on the fuse blades. And then if I, then I, I would, I would put a little bit of tension on the fuse box and it would stop and it wouldn't, it wouldn't cycle and start. And so it's just like, okay, what does this thing take to run power? Okay, sure. Power. Is it getting power? Well, I don't know. Let's check the fuses. It's just this where, you know, what could be the, could be the problem? Wiggle the fuses. Oh, it comes back. So took them, cleaned them up, threw a little dielectric grease on there. There wasn't anything on it. Um, just kind of cleaned everything up, put it like works fine. So it's just this, and, and I kind of asked myself, like, hey, did, you know, what was the last thing you did to it? And I did have the seat off before I left. And <laughs> here's the other thing. So before I left, and the big long bolt that holds the seat on was uh, not replaced. And I got lucky that my seat was there. So I actually had my seat zip tied on the whole time I was riding down in Mexico. It was just pushed down. And I bet you that that seat bouncing up and down was tapping on the fuel on the um, on the fuse box, you know, because it's moving around and kind of flexing in weird ways, and I'll bet you that that thing tapped it. So it was. What did I do to it last? What was the what was the problem that caused this? And so if you're ever working on one of your bikes and you're wondering what it is that went wrong, ask yourself what did I do last, and what's causing you know what's causing this problem? Okay, bike doesn't start. It's fuel. Or spark, ninety nine percent of the time. If nothing else has happened, it somehow it lost fuel and somehow it lost spark. 
and kind of figure it out. It's pretty easy to find out when there's no, no fuel because if you crank it for a while, and especially if you're kind of opening the throttle and you know getting some where there should be fuel going in there and it's not going in and the exhaust doesn't smell like gas, it's a fuel thing. If it's spark, you do all that stuff and you smell the exhaust, it smells like gas. So it's easy, kind of easy, just... 10 second method to figure out like where, what the problem is and then ask yourself, okay, what would be causing kind of, kind of these issues. And you just go through this sort of flow chart of what you're trying to fix, what you're trying to get uh, accomplished with your setup. So yeah. Um, those are the things that we, uh, those are the things that we go through and do. So that's how I fix my problems. My bikes are all working perfect. They're brand new. Anybody, if you want to buy an old KTM RFS, uh, we don't have Roost Durando, but I have that bike for sale. I have a couple 525. I have two 525s. I believe I have a 400, and I have a 250 that's been converted into a 350. It's actually probably a, a 320 or something. I don't remember. It was a Thumper Racing kit. So uh, got those bikes for sale. Um Let's see. Willie Musgrave and Greg Zitterkoff will be at the AIM Expo, tells me Frank White. I used to race against those guys. <laughs> I actually raced a Best of the Desert race with uh, Greg Zitterkoff. Oh, speaking of racing, hold on. Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. I achieved this. Uh, if you notice, this says the, uh, the Champion of Champions. So this means that I uh, beat a whole bunch of old dudes on in go-karts. So, and you should have seen my face. I had my race face on. This is why I don't race. I got a little too serious. I punted my way into the front. So throw some teas in the chat, <laughs> yo, to get the party started. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hey, if you like Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, throw some teas in the chat. And, uh, yeah, thanks to uh, Gene. Hey, the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame was super fun. Hey, and another thing, they did a live webcast, and I'm not kidding. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday has better technical prowess than uh, those professionals at, at that thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, throw some teas up in the chat for me. Um, I'm the winner of the 2024 Hall of Fame Champion of Champions go-kart race. I did not have the fastest lap time, which uh, that means I didn't uh, didn't win in my book because I think lap times speak a lot. And uh, Clay Dolman says, on the topic of the RFS, do your clutches go flat, lose hydraulic fluid after sitting for a while? While I replaced all the gaskets, and it seems an ongoing thing. The bike does sit for long, period, so, though. Um, I just read it as it came in. So four XTs <laughs> uh, on the RFS. So interesting enough, one of the problems I had recently, I believe it was on it was on another KTM 500, um, was the. Uh, so no, if the if the RFS is if the clutches on any KTM if the clutch starts going um, losing hydraulic fluid, it's probably out of the seal down at the bottom. And it's the O-ring on the piston inside of there. Uh, the there's there's Magura ones and there's Brembo ones and then there's a lot of Recluse ones, and they all seem to be a little susceptible, kind of depending on the fluid that's in there. Um, you know whether whether you know how how good they are, but generally just replace that O-ring on the piston, 
and I don't know if they have. I'm pretty sure that you know someone like All Balls or something like that will sell a, re, a rebuild kit or something. But uh, a lot of times when they do sit, they just they they I think they dry out, and then when they start moving again, they they it fractures the O-ring that acts as the essentially the the seal on that. So that could be thing. Yeah, so there we're going. They've got four T's. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike, we gave you some shout-outs. Uh, we talked about your bikes, your broken, uh, your broken bikes in Baja, and how I, how I uh, saved you. <laughs> and by get the party started, do you mean that uh, you should have been watching this show an hour and a half ago where we, you know, we dissected the whole show. We talked about how I could make it better, and I refused, <laughs> as you, as you uh, would well expect. Uh, anyways, thanks everybody for uh, joining. If you have any last minute questions, get them up there. I know there's a little bit of a delay between when I say something and how long it takes to go out to you guys in the real world, but that gives me a perfect opportunity to once again thank my sponsors. Of course, Double Take Mirrors. If you want the best dual sport mirrors or a great way to see how to shave your head uh, when you're kind of cleaning up in the back, like I do, uh, Double Take Mirrors. Uh, some of these sponsors, believe it or not, I do have discount codes for, so uh, check it. Check check me out, and I can give that. Throw more tees up in the thing. Of course, we have Bulletproof Designs. They usually sponsor our new product of the week segment, and I didn't really prep that much for the show. I tried to make the sound work, so I didn't do that. Fast Company. Uh, they were our first product sponsor. They hooked up somebody with a brake clevis. And uh, I think some other cool stuff, T-shirt and things like that. I'm going to get another uh, product giveaway for our next show for sure. I'm actually going to try to get a lot of them uh, coming up. Trail Tech, DDC. DDC gave away a sprocket on last show, which we gave away tonight. Uh, good on you, Daniel Parker, for uh, doing that. Hopefully you're uh, listening to it on the podcast format. If you have friends that need to have questions answered, you can always send them my way. I have nothing better to do on my Tuesday night from uh, 7 to 9 p.m., but then answer your motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions. If you were hoping to get some quad advice on the show, I told you, keep your tire pressures low so you don't spill your beer. Climb, Scott Sports, Takamoto, and, of course, Yamaha. I... Uh, I wish I could go to the GNCC and ride the 125 that's coming up uh, here. They're doing a press center for the new uh, WRNFX, but I am going to be busy out here doing other stuff. And uh, we have a couple other things. Hey, Jimmy, the CEV kill switches are prone to failure. CEV, the one on my Berg started acting up and will only work with the bars turned. Now it doesn't work at all. Asking before I start chasing water. The CEV... Um, what is uh i'm not familiar with that an acronym so uh yeah and no quad picks yeah we'll 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 put put the quads up uh, next time are the double take mirrors any better for vibration than el cheapo mirrors that came with with my 500 uh you have no idea how much better they are they actually work and and i'm not i'm not just saying that because they actually do work um they mount on ram balls which have a little bit of vibration isolation and you can see behind you. So, hey, we're congratulating. We got 100 messages tonight in the chat, which always helps things out. Again, uh, throw up, uh, you know, throw the tease up to get this party started. If I can't get you to move your fat little finger and push buttons on a computer, I have failed. 
<laughs> and uh, hey, I'll catch all of you next week. Uh, cheers. Tell Jay to have a beer for me, although he can't. Over there at uh, the Dirt Bike Test. I'm going to do a produced show one of these times and blow him out of the water. Because that's... Wait, is competition good or bad? Are we all supposed to love each other? I don't know. Anyhow, uh, Euro bikes used to come with CEV switches. I like how they are modular and compact, just not intuitive. So I don't... Uh, CEV switches are prone to dust and dirt and getting inside them. Okay, this is what I'm hearing. Um, so thanks for the, the help on, on that, Gronk and others. I... Yeah, so if if it works when you turn the bars, and this is the thing, if it's if it's a, it depends on like what is it a KTM version Husaberg or is it a is it a Husaberg Husaberg? Because the Husaberg Husabergs actually had horrible wiring, but at least the wires were big. Were the KTM's, and if there is one weakness on the KTM's, it is the wiring. They really try to reduce weight with small wires. And over time, especially when you're running a lot of current through some of the wires, they can get a little bit brittle and you can have a little bit of wire failures. I've had this happen on on KTMs before, but um, yeah. So there are so many add-ons I would like to try, but not necessarily use. <laughs> so, okay. And I think Bill just uh, put up a set of boobies on my thing. Okay, with that, we're going to have to kind of shut this show down. Again, thanks to thanks to you, thanks to all the sponsors, and we will uh, see you on the trail. Cheers, everybody. If you liked what you saw in this video, come check us out over at DirtBikeTest.com on the webs. We have bike tests, product tests, a lot of fresh dirt, and you can even support us by clicking through our links. Hopefully, we'll see you out in the trail.